characteristics. There's no birth, no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye datu up to no mind datu, no datu of dharmas, mind consciousness datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Kala. <laughs> Sandarasa the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples with your shower brain, the teachings deep and wide.
So today, uh, we find the beginning of uh, Sakadawa. Uh, so this is the time of Sakadawa. So any uh, virtue uh, is increased during this time. Uh, so, on the Tibetan calendar, we say it's from the first uh, day to the fifteenth day, uh, but we can say, Yine, they say Chitan Junga, 
So it says that the, the first through the fifteenth are the greatest days of this. this uh, uh, um, du Chen means great festival, but just great, this great day. So these are the most important days uh, um, of this great month, rather. So the 15th of the month is when we celebrate the Buddha's uh, birth, enlightenment, and passing into Nirvana. So the 15th on the Tibetan calendar. Uh, but it begins, the, Saka Dawa means the month of the Buddha. So the, this month begins, and the most important days begin on the 1st and then ending on the 15th. And then the 15th is the day of the celebration of the birth, Nirvana, and enlightenment. So just for clarification of the whole uh, points, all the points. So, in during this time, uh, uh, it is stated that there is a great virtuous increase, and if one uh, isn't able to accumulate virtue uh, very readily or easily during this time, one is able to accumulate vast amounts of virtue, and one's virtue is increased. Uh, so, uh, so it's because of, of this that it's important when we uh, hear the explanation of the Dharma uh, uh, and listen to it during this time. Uh, it's very, uh, um, um, uh, um, very good. So very good to, to listen to uh, and explain the Dharma during this time. That's not you what is few kultambu kultbaba kultama sunsuyorosumarbe what is ただ何がそうなんじゃけ、触ってビジモドジェ、モドジェンジロだ。モドジェンが触ってたジェンディドゾン。とこまでつまるが、ジェンディドゾン、ジェンディドゾンとなってま、モドジェンソンシャイジロ
Okay, then in long, long rasa, then Tambo, the, the Jipo Chungo, then Jipo Din, Nipa, Jipo Chembo, then Sumba. Nipa, Sumba, Chimbo, Jan. Nipa, Dan, Sumba, Tambo, Chungo, Dan, Din. Okay, let's go. Then Langa, Chungo, did the Chujibe, Chibo, Sumba, Shiva, what they did. So when we speak of the turnings of the wheel of uh, Buddha, uh, we, we are speaking of the first turning of the wheel of Dharma, the second turning of the wheel of Dharma, and the third turning of the wheel of Dharma. Uh, so when we look at the, the, um, um, uh, the contents of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, we find that all of these are presented in here. And we find in the quote uh, at the beginning of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, if I forgot anything, I apologize. We find at the quote in the beginning of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, it says, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly identifying their characteristics. And if we look to what the root uh, of the... Um, um, uh, Tisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment is, we would find it in the Abhisama Alamkara. So the Abhisama Alamkara and its eight chapters are what uh, the Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, is said to uh, be uh, the major text of. So the Abhisama Alamkara being the root, so the, uh, the ornament for clear realization being the root of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. And the ornament for clear realization contains eight chapters. Uh, and those eight chapters contain the meaning. And if we go to the beginning of, Mat of uh, uh, Matreya's Ornament for Clear Realization, we find an introductory stanza that says, uh, um, uh, that which uh, uh, it begins with uh, homage, uh, translator's homage. So, okay, so it begins with, that which through the exalted knower of all leads hearers in seeking pacification to peace, which through the exalted knower of paths causes those helping migrators, uh, migrating beings to achieve the aims of the world, and through the perfect possession of which the subduers set forth these varieties having all aspects. To the mothers of the Buddhas as well as the host of hearers and bodhisattvas I pay homage. Uh, so we find here, when we go back to that first uh, stanza. It says, that which through the exalted knower of all leads hearers seeking pacification to, to peace. We could say that the, uh, um, that line uh, encompasses or contains the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity and the teaching shared in common for beings of medium capacity. Uh, then when we get to the second and third line, we see which through the exalted knower of paths causes those helping migrating beings to achieve the aims of the world. Here this is uh, um, referring to the teachings for beings of great capacity and then and through the perf perfect possessions of which the subduers set forth these varieties having all aspects. So these second two lines are referring to the great vehicle teachings, the teachings for beings of great capacity. Uh, and then this second line uh, within that category we find uh, the excellent qualities of the Buddha, the perfect possessions uh, being presented, and then uh, uh, this also referring to uh, the rest of, of this Mahayana or great vehicle uh, capacities. And through the perfect possessions of which the subduers set forth these varieties having all aspects. 
so the first line referring to the uh, small teaching shared in common with beings of small and medium capacity, and then the second part uh, before the homage uh, um, uh, uh, to uh, the uh, um, teachings for beings of great capacity. <laughs> Uh, so we find uh, there are many explanations of this uh, uh, commentary, uh, uh, the ornament for clear realizations, um, but we find the major commentary by uh, uh, Hari Bhadra, uh, and the main commentary, uh, the commentary clarifying the meaning uh, of the or, uh, ornament of clear realizations, a treatise of oral instruction on the perfection of wisdom. So we find Hari Bhadra's uh, commentary to be the, uh, one of the major present commentaries. Okay. And we find uh, the, within that uh, the, many of the meanings of the conjure and tanjure uh, presented. Some <laughs> So, when looking at uh, the explanation of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, we find it in the Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and it begins uh, with uh, how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, and then the next part is how students train their minds after uh, having relied upon the teacher. Uh, and then under that category, we find an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then a next category of how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, so when, when we move on uh, to the how to take advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, we find that there are three points that are made. Training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, the first category, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings uh, of small capacity, we find first the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, second the uh, measure of the training of thought of a person of small capacity or the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, uh, and then third, uh, dispelling any misconceptions about a person of small capacity. 
So the first category, the uh, actual training of thought of a person of small capacity has two categories. First, developing a state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, and then secondly, relying on a means for achieving happiness in one's ne next life, so the method for achieving happiness. So under the category of the method for achieving happiness, uh, we find two points, uh, developing, uh, I'm sorry, uh, going for refuge, the entrance uh, or gateway into the excellent instruction, uh, and then developing faith and conviction in karma and its results. So the first category, uh, which is refuge, has four, four points that are made. First, uh, the, the causes of going for refuge. Secondly, based on that, the objects to which you go for refuge too. Uh, third, how to go for refuge. And then fourth, the advice on going for refuge, or the precepts of refuge. So we're in the section uh, dealing with the precepts uh, of refuge. Uh, so if everybody wants to turn to uh, the section on that, um, uh, we are on page... The section on the precepts of refuge begin on uh, 192, um, but we just, we just went through... Uh, the section uh, dealing with uh, uh, um, the, the, the general precepts uh, and, and, the com and the common precepts. So we went over already the, that which is to be abandoned uh, and then that which is under the specific precepts or the, uh, um, specific pre the special, uh, specialized or specific precepts. So we have uh, uh, the precepts or the advices on what to uh, do and what not to do. Uh, and, and, uh, and the next section deals with the common or the general precepts. So that's the section that we're dealing with right now. Uh, so beginning with the specific precepts of what to do and what not to do, or what not to do and what to do in that order. Uh, and then now we're in the, the general precepts section. So we're on page 196 in the English. ตาตนุลาจะตะวันตัวลิจิบิลาจะตะเมงาลิจิบิลาจะนี่ตัวลิจิบิลาจะเจนี่ชินซารัวบ่าซะตาเมงาลิจิบิลาจะตะเลอะ
And then the Trabatuzo, and 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 when we go back to uh, the stages of the precepts or the stages of advice section, there are two uh, categories. First, how they appear in the compendium of determinations, and then secondly, how they appear in the oral tradition. Uh, so we went over uh, the two categories um, uh, or the two sets of subdivisions uh, according to the compendium of determinations. Uh, and then we find how they appear in the oral tradition. So and the oral tradition deals with the specific precepts or the specific advices and then the, those in common or those advices in common. Uh, so the specific or special uh, precepts uh, section begins with a quote uh, from the great final Nirvana Sutra that says, those who go to refuge uh, go to the three jewels for refuge, come closer to the truly virtuous. They never go to other deities for refuge. Those who go to the sublime teaching for refuge harbor no, no, harbor no harmful, murderous thoughts. Those who go to the community for refuge do not associate with non-Buddhist philosophers. Uh, so we find uh, what not to, this section of what not to do, the proscriptive precepts, uh, we find within this quote, uh, the, the advices related to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The first whole stanza referring to the advices related to the Buddha of uh, not, never going to other deities for uh, refuge. Um, and then the second uh, dealing with uh, um, uh, the um, Dharma jewel, uh, those who go to the sublime teaching for refuge harbor no, harbor no harmful murderous thoughts. Uh, so this is the advice not to harm or bring harm to any other sentient being. Uh, and then the, the advice related to the uh, Sangha jewel, or those aspiring to virtue jewel, those who go to the community for refuge do not associate with non-Buddhist philosophers. Uh, so we've gone over the meaning of these lines, uh, and these are the things uh, um, of, of, of what uh, not to do. Uh, and then the what to do precept section uh, begins with a, uh, a quote um, from a uh, letter to a friend by uh, Master Nagarjuna. It says, just as the learned worship an image of the Sugata, whatever is made of, of even wood. Uh, so here, uh, this is showing that whatever uh, um, um, an, a, a holy object is made of, uh, whether it's made of gold or, or wood or, or, or earth, uh, one should respect it uh, and make offerings to it uh, and not see any of the images of having a difference. Uh, so worship them all equally. Uh, so make offerings no matter what they're made of. Uh, so here um, it, it says that uh, one should respect and make offerings to them uh, and so forth. And then the next point that's made is, and this is related to the Dharma jewel, uh, what to do. The next advice is related to the, uh, I'm sorry, this is related to the Buddha jewel. The next is related to the Dharma jewel. Uh, and that uh, uh, point is made that uh, any four words uh, of, of scripture uh, should be looked at as the real Dharma jewel itself. It should not be put in any kind of dirty place. Uh, it should be honored. It shouldn't be put anywhere dishonorable uh, and so forth. So these are the advices related to the Dharma jewel. So the first just to, for clarification, advice is related to the Buddha jewel, uh, seeing all images, no matter what they're made of, is equal and making offerings and respecting them. And then advice related to the Dharma jewel, any four words of the Dharma should be looked at as the actual Dharma jewel in itself and respected. And then the advice related to the Sangha jewel is referring to not despising 
are being disrespectful to any among the community of, of monks or nuns, uh, so those robed individuals. Uh, so uh, being respectful uh, is the advice of what to do related to the Sangha jewel in this section. Sajatubi <laughs> Then Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then when we, uh, so, whenever we encounter a tanka or an image of the Buddha, uh, it's important for us to not uh, make negative remarks about it. Not to say that its shape is not good, or uh, that uh, it, it's uh, dark color, or, or to make negative statements about it. Um, and we find uh, in the story. Um, from the exegesis of discipline, um, where uh, there is the story of the 
uh, Mana Va Kapila, um, who made disparaging remarks to the uh, community of learners and those with no more to learn. Uh, and we find this in the um, um, previous activities of the Buddha uh, in a, a text that has a hundred previous stories. I, there's a better exact name for it, but there's a text that has a hundred of the previous stories of the Buddha. Uh, and this is the 14th among uh, the stories. Uh, and, and this shows how, uh, um, Rinpoche did it two ways, so it, I'll do the, both of them together, which encompasses the whole story. Uh, so when we look at this text in the, num the f number 14th story, uh, we find um, a more, uh, um, more information about uh, this story or point that's put in, in the great treatise on the stage of the path. Uh, so the summary is that uh, um, this uh, man, uh, Manava Kapila, uh, made disparaging remarks to the learners and the non-learners, uh, and that as a result, uh, and he called them various different uh, um, names. Uh, you are a, a, um, a horse's head, you are an elephant head, you are a, um, a, a, a dog's head, uh, etc., etc. Um, so he made these disparaging remarks uh, to them, and then was reborn uh, as a uh, sea monster with uh, 18 heads uh, because of making 18 different disparaging remarks, uh, and stayed that way from the time of uh, Lord Kashapa to Shakyamuni. Uh, so the reason that this was done, this uh, um, man was encouraged by his mother uh, to use this uh, style of saying negative things to the monks uh, because they wouldn't be able to respond in negative. Uh, so he said that, she said that he could definitely win debates um, by calling the um, learners and non-learners names. Uh, so this is the reason, this was in, he was encouraged by his mother after having debated uh, many of the non-Buddhists uh, and other scholars. Uh, um, he went to um, uh, debate the learners and non-learners uh, and was encouraged with the strategy by his mother to call them names. Um, and so after he had done this, uh, he uh, um, felt a great regret. Um, so after he had slandered the community and said these things and, and called them 18 different names, he felt a, a sense of regret and stayed uh, with the, the monks. Uh, and um, it's said that if you look at the way that virtue uh, and non-virtue gives rise to results, uh, the greatest amount of non-virtue gives rise to rebirth in the hell realm, a medium amount of non-virtue gives rise to rebirth in the hungry ghost realm, and a small degree of non-virtue gives rise uh, in the animal realm to rebirth. And because of the regret uh, that he had for having slandered the community uh, and the studies that he engaged in uh, until he died, his karma was uh, lessened. Uh, and instead of giving rise to the greatest amount of negativity, a rebirth in the hell realm, he was born uh, as this fish, as an animal, um, and then was uh, um, blessed by Lord Shakyamuni Buddha to be able to explain uh, why uh, he had um, um, uh, reaped these benefit, reap these uh, results, or what these, why these results occurred. Uh, and was able to state that it was as a result of having uh, slandered uh, the community of learners and non-learners in 18 different ways. Uh, so we find this story uh, and how it relates to the importance of not disparaging images and so forth. Dixon. <laughs> 
ਚੂਸੀਂ ਕੋ ਚੂਜੀ ਜੀ ਬਤਨ ਦੇ ਜੀ ਅਜੂਦ ਕਰ ਰਿਸ ਉਹ ਚਰੂਲ ਤਗੀਆਂ ਸੋ ਰਜਨਾ ਟੇਦੂਲ ਕੋ ਕਿਆਂ ਆਮਾਈਸ ਅਮਰੇ ਅਮਰੇਸ ਨਾਲ ਤਲਾ ਦਵਾਈ ਮਾਰਦੇ ਅਮੰਗਲਾ ਸੰਗੇ ਅਨੇ ਵਤ ਲਵਰਸ ਤਲਾ ਤੇ ਨਾਤੇ ਨਾਲ ਜੀਵਰਸ ਤਾ ਅਮਾ ਕਵਾਈ ਰਸ ਅਮਾ ਨਿਵਾਨ ਚ ਸਵਰਸ ਸਾਜੀ ਜੂਜੀ ਲੰਦਾ ਕੋ ਥੋਬਾ ਚੇ ਬੋਜ a fisherman catches uh this fish with the 18 heads uh and then a crowd of people gather uh to see uh this monster uh with the 18 different heads and buddha uh, <coughs> uh and buddha blesses the mind of the sea creature uh so that it's able uh to speak in the human language uh and asks what is the cause uh at, buddha asks to, to the uh, sea creature what is the cause uh of this rebirth that you've had uh and then he related the story of how he disparaged and said negative things uh to the community in 18 different ways and as a result he was born as this fish with 18 different heads resembling the 18 names of the animals that he called the learners a community of learners and non-learners uh and then uh the buddha said who is your teacher uh um uh who is your teacher uh and he said my mother uh he said my mother uh encouraged me to do this this was her wish um i didn't have pre- pre- prior to that have this wish to do this but my mother encouraged me uh to do so uh so this is why she was my teacher and uh then the buddha said where is your mother now uh and the blessing uh that the buddha was able to give the sea monster's mind he was able to say specifically where his mother had been born and he said my mother is in hell da ogo sanjil cha sundoy inda ko chusil chibene halji la halji sir chusin ko juji jibat shine ko sanjil cha sundoro halji so then uh this uh um um sea creature with the 18 heads um uh um uh, went for refuge uh to the buddha uh and then when he passed away he was born as a god so we find in this text many of the previous stories of the buddha pronouncements within the buddha's pronouncements within it okay so now we go to the common precepts those precepts that are in common or the general precepts page 196 ਤਾ ਤੁਮੋ ਲਾਜਾ ਤਲਾ ਤੁਮੋ ਲਾਜਾ ਤਲਾ ਟੂ ਦੋ ਟੂ ਬਰ ਤੁਮੋ ਲਾਜਾ ਲਾ ਟੂ ਕੰਜੂ ਸੋਜੀ ਚਬਾ ਤਾ ਯੇਨੇ ਜਿਸ ਉਤੇ ਵੀ ਆਨੇ ਆ ਤੋ ਚੋਸੂ ਰੋਸ ਤਾਂਬਚੇ ਸਾਜੀ ਨੋ ਸਾਜੀ ਸਾਜੀ ਤਗੇ ਅਨ ਕਲੇ ਲਾਣੀ ਚਮਨੋ ਰਵੀਨਾ ਚੋਸੂ ਰੋ ਤਾਂਬਚੇ ਕਾਦੇ ਜਿਸ ਉਤੇ ਵੀ ਤੁਤਾ ਤੋ ਚਬਾ ਲਾ ਚੋਜੀ ਜ਼ਵਾ ਤਾ ਚਾਈ ਫੀਜੀ ਬਿਵਾਸਤ ਨੇ ਬਚੇ ਕਿ ਜੇ ਜੇ ਸੋ 
小康些家 uh, so first we look at the outline of the general precepts and we find it on 196. There are six general precepts. By recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. By recalling the great kindness of the three jewels, strive to worship them constantly and offer the first portion of your food and drink. Establish other living beings in practice by considering them with compassion. Whatever activity you engage in, whatever your purpose, make offerings and supplications to the three jewels, forsaking any other worldly methods. After you have understood the benefits, go for refuge three times in the day and three times at night. Uh, maintain your refuge and do not forsake the three jewels, e even uh, in jest or if it costs your life. Uh, so these are the, this is the outline, and then Lama Tsongkhapa will go into greater detail about this outline uh, after this. Tatan ちんさばろわ。わさ。わとそくがしえごです。わさ。根性尊じ。尊じ。ジュラミロンタシャンシェイバ。ワットスイレ。アナコンチュソンジュコンチュチュコンジュラ、モソンマジェ、ガワテジュコンマラチョウカイス。ソンジュコンチュチュコンチュマソンイ、マジェ、
When we then begin with the um, first uh, of the general precepts, or those precepts in common, it says, Be, by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, uh, go for refuge uh, again and again. Uh, um, so here, uh, this first line begins with, by recalling the distinctions. Uh, so if we look at the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, where we previously uh, went, uh, we find that there are the distinctions. There are six specific distinctions. The distinction based on definition, distinction based on enlightened activities, ba uh, distinction based on devotion, distinction based on practice, distinction based on recollection, and distinction based on the increase of merit. Uh, so here, uh, this word distinctions uh, goes over what the differences are. Uh, so how do we define uh, the, each among the three jewels? Uh, and what, what are the differences of, of them? It says, and good qualities of the three jewels. So good qualities, we find that uh, if we look at Maitreya's sublime continuum in the commentary, uh, we used it to explain it. Uh, we find, uh, just as a note, we previously used Pension Sanandrapa's general meaning of perfection. Uh, we find that there are eight excellent qualities that are uh, um, found uh, related to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and then we find them each defined uh, in the sublime continuum uh, individually. Uh, so we find the definition of the Buddha, the definition of the Dharma, and the definition of the Sangha uh, jewel in the sublime uh, continuum. Uh, so within this distinctions, we find all of that information. Uh, the, uh, the six points that were made, and within that, uh, we find this definition of the Buddha jewel. So the Buddha jewel is defined as the essence uh, of the Buddha it possesses the two sets of meaning, uh, which encompasses ability, compassion, exalted wisdom, exalted of, uh, wisdom of others, condition, spontaneity, and unconditioned. Uh, and then the Dharma jewel is defined as a Dharma is defined as that which is uh, possessing the two truths, free from desires, an antidote, lucid, pure, non-conceptual, non-dual, and incontrovertible. Uh, and then the definition of the Sangha jewel being the intelligent, irreversible assemblage, possessing the highest excellent qualities, pure, perceiving reality and diversity throughout exalted wisdom. So we previously went over the meaning of, of those points found in the sublime continuum. Uh, so we're, by recalling the distinctions, is referring to uh, all of the um, points made about the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And then when we look at this word distinctions, we can look at it in a debate context or uh, from uh, um, dialectical uh, context. So we say, what is the difference between the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha? So when we compare any among these two, do we find that there are three permutations, four permutations? Are they mutually exclusive uh, or are they synonymous? Do they have one meaning? Uh, so then we compare these subjects by way of this uh, four possibilities, three possibilities, four possibilities, mutually exclusive uh, and synonymous. And we figure out when we compared what category among these four do they fall into? Uh, so then this is a, a way that we recall the distinctions. Um, uh, so uh, there are, are many points that are made uh, within this. We find distinctions and then good qualities, good qualities uh, um, falling under those eight qualities we went over previously. And it says go for refuge again and again by relying on these points. Conjunction, 
So, when we, by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. Uh, um, it says, as previously explained, so, uh, so in the uh, um, Tibetan, it makes the point and then gives the commentary, then makes the point. So we have this outline in the English. Uh, so it goes from one, uh, and then it, it, in the Tibetan, starts the commentary. Uh, um, uh, so just as a, a note, it took me a minute to figure out what was happening here. Um, but the, um, the commentary begins right after the first point. Um, so this is a, a added for ease. Um, but in the, in the Tibetan, we find the first point, uh, and then it's commentary over here. Uh, and I'm sure it'll keep, keep going then in this way and then get to the next point. And uh, I'm sure that's what we'll, we'll do. Um, so uh, it says, you should keep in mind the differences between non-Buddhist and Buddhist, the distinctions among the three jewels and the good qualities of the three jewels. So we found uh, the, in that section of uh, um, uh, going for refuge by uh, uh, um, not um, acknowledging other uh, refuges. Um, and so we've learned what the difference between the Buddhist teacher teaching uh, and student is. So in that section, uh, we went over um, all those points uh, and, and why the, the teaching of the Buddha is Dharma and the Buddha is the teacher. So uh, by refusing to acknowledge other refuges section, we found uh, those points uh, um, that are made. Um, uh, so this between non-Buddhist and Buddhist, this was previously gone over. Um, so you repeatedly keep in mind these differences uh, and distinctions uh, and the excellent qualities. Um, so, 
when we uh, start to analyze uh, the joules and we look at them in terms of three permutations, four permutations, uh, uh, mutually exclusive or synonymous, uh, we can begin to compare. So when we compare the Buddha jewel uh, and the Sangha jewel, we can say that there are uh, um, uh, three possibilities. Uh, if it is the Buddha jewel, it is necessarily the Sangha jewel. If it's the Sangha jewel, it's not necessarily the Buddha jewel. There's something which is both Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, uh, and then something which is neither. Uh, so then if we then compare the Dharma jewel and the Buddha jewel, we'll find if, if it's the Buddha, if it's the Dharma, so that was previously three permutations. When we get to the next point and we compare the Dharma jewel uh, and the Buddha jewel, we'll say that there are four permutations because if it is the Buddha jewel, it is not necessarily the Dharma jewel. If it's the Dharma jewel, it's not necessarily the Buddha jewel. There is something which is both the Dharma jewel and the Buddha jewel. The cessation, uh, true paths and cessations within the continuum of Buddha superiors, and then something which is neither. Uh, so we can compare these things and look at them in many different ways, um, uh, but we can look at them in this thorough fashion uh, based on the comparing the two subjects and, and finding whether they fall categorically under three permutations, four permutations, mutually exclusive or synonymous. So then we find the differences between, uh, you should repeatedly keep in mind the differences between uh, non-Buddhists and Buddhists. And then the distinctions among the three jewels. So we went over that. And then the good qualities of the three jewels. So then when we look at, for instance, the good qualities of the excellent qualities of the Buddha, the excellent qualities of the Buddha's body, speech, mind, and enlightened activity. So when we look at the excellent qualities of the um, uh, body of the Buddha, we find the uh, 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 major marks and signs. Uh, so the 32 major marks and 80 minor signs uh, and the excellent qualities of the uh, body of the Buddha. The next, uh, the excellent qualities uh, um, <coughs> of the speech of the Buddha, uh, we find the ability for Buddha to, uh, if all sentient beings were to ask the Buddha uh, different questions in their own individual languages, the Buddha would, with one response, would be able to answer all of their questions simultaneously in the language that they understand. Uh, so this is the excellent quality of the Buddha's speech. Uh, and then the excellent quality of the Buddha's mind uh, refers to uh, um, the uh, state of omniscience uh, that the Buddha has. Uh, so the Buddha's mind is uh, omniscient or all-knowing. Uh, and then the excellent qualities of the Buddha's enlightened activities, there are two uh, qualities that it has. That first, that they are spontaneous. Uh, um, uh, and, uh, occurring without effort, uh, and then secondly, uh, everlasting, uh, always occurring. 
so the Buddha's enlightened activities are effortless and always occurring. Uh, so these are what, what is meant here. And then we find the excellent qualities related to all the three different jewels. This is related specifically to the, the Buddha. Uh, so this is what's meant here. Uh, repeatedly keeping these differences between non-Buddhists and Buddhists, the distinctions among the three jewels, and the excellent qualities of the three jewels. So all these points previously uh, explained. So then when we move, those are the excellent qualities of the Buddha. The next, the excellent qualities of the Dharma, we find a quote from the Dharma Sangiti, the compendium of the teachings. It says, These Bhagavan Buddhas possess infinite, limitless good qualities. Such qualities are born from the teaching, from the proper practice of the teaching. The teaching creates and governs them. They arise from the teaching and are within the scope of the teaching. They depend upon the teaching and the teaching uh, produces them. Uh, so we, we find this excellent quality presented. Uh, and then within the sublime continuums definition, we find the eight excellent qualities uh, that are presented the, uh, within that point. And it says the pure truth in the continuum of superiors possessing excellent qualities among the eight, such as inconceivable, non-duality, non-conceptual. So this among the eight, uh, so that this truth, this dharma, has these excellent qualities which are among these eight. Uh, so uh, this is the point, and there are many other points that are made uh, about the dharma jewels, excellent qualities, but these are two such places where you find them in this quote. Uh, um, from the um, compendium of the teachings and then the quote from the sublime continuum uh, that, that speaks of those eight excellent qualities. Uh, and then the next point deals with the excellent qualities of, of, the, commun of the Sangha jewel. Uh, and then we find the excellent qualities of being free from conceptuality uh, because it is devoid of any kind of conceptual... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, let me try that again. The intelligent irreversible assemblage possessing the highest excellent qualities, pure perceiving reality and diversity through exalted wisdom. So the highest excellent qualities. Uh, so there are uh, many other points about these jewels that can be made. Papi so there is a large amount of information to go through when you look at these small points that are being made. 
there's a, a vast amount of information. When we look at the uh, um, Sangha jewel, uh, those aspiring to virtue jewel, uh, those aspiring to virtue jewel are, are necessarily persons or beings. Uh, so if it is those aspiring to virtue jewel, it is a person or a being. Um, and if we look at the categories of those, we would find uh, hearers, arias, uh, or hearers, superiors, uh, solitary realizer, arias, or superiors, and bodhisattva, arias, or superiors, uh, and uh, um, Buddhist superiors. So we would find if we were to look at the categories of the, um, uh, the community, uh, we would find those uh, superiors. <coughs> if we look at the categories uh, of, of the um, Dharma jewel, we would find them to be those realizations within the continuums of those superiors uh, of true paths and true cessations. Uh, so uh, if it is a Dharma jewel, it is necessarily uh, any among the true paths or cessations within the continuums of the hearers, superiors, solitary realizers, superiors, uh, bodhisattva superiors, uh, Buddha superiors. So uh, there is a lot of information to consider when we consider the points that are uh, being made here, looking at the, the good qualities of the three jewels uh, um, uh, and so forth, and we look at the excellent quality of the Buddha, uh, it says it's uh, the excellent quality of unconditioned, excellent quality of natural, the unconditioned excellent quality of natural purity, the excellent qualities of realization, the excellent qualities of, of, of caring and knowledge, etc. So there are many <coughs> points that we go over related to excellent qualities uh, um, uh, about all of these jewels. So we'll take a short break. I need that. Cutting <laughs> So, <laughs> Is <laughs> 
Cadi Jesu Ten, Cadi Jesu Tembe, Tuita to Chabala Jambas, Nakonju Chabatala, Tuita to Chabatan, Dubi Chabas, Niundua, and Cadi Jamba Jesu Tembe, Tuita to Chabala Jambas, Tachos at Cadu, Judo, every time out of every time for it. And the Zawat and Jayu Fish was done as a sad one to the law or the Oma was in the Chilogen, Tridua Paris and Jimarva, Tita Chuba, what to say. Chupa Niga, Chupa Ni Tita Chuba, Zubich was a woman, Zubich of a woman, Lang Dwale, Tom and the Cadisha with Jesu Tembe. ตาจุตาจุเอเบเทนอะบริอ่าฮะตาจุเจบาลจุนบาซอวเตเรนดัวโอเคตาจุเจบาลจุนชินส์อันนั้นกะรุปิวอะซินาซาวะตะจาวะ
you should repeatedly keep in mind the differences between non-Buddhists and Buddhists, the distinctions among the three jewels, and the excellent qualities or good qualities of the three jewels. So that's the first point. The second point, by recalling the great kindness of the three jewels, strive to worship them constantly and offer the first uh, portion of your food uh, and drink. Uh, so all uh, uh, happiness that we achieve or experience is as a result of virtuous activities. Uh, and if there are virtuous activities, there are necessarily the enlightened activities of the exalted wisdom body. Uh, so the enlightened activities of the exalted wisdom body are present if there are virtuous activities uh, present. Um, so the great kindness of, of the three jewels uh, shows how uh, um, that all of the things, all temporary happiness and certain goodness, uh, this human basis of leisure, all of these, uh, hap all of this happiness is a result of uh, the enlightened activities of the exalted wisdom body because it's a result of virtue. Um, uh, so uh, it goes on uh, to read uh, from the King of Concentration Sutra that though they obtain food due to Buddha's merit, I'm just going to read up to what Rinpoche read and then just pick through it. Though they obtain food due to the Buddha's merit, the childish do not repay their kindness. Thus, knowing that uh, all the temporary happiness and certain goodness that you experience, symbolized by food, are due to the kindness of the three jewels, you should make offerings with the intention of uh, repaying their kindness. So the food symbolizes this temporary happiness and certain goodness that is a result of the kindness of the three jewels. So all these things that we experience, uh, the food uh, and drink that we experience as a result of the kindness of the three jewels. Um, so here when we go back to the King of Concentration Sutra, it says, though they obtain uh, food due to the Buddha's merit, so the food is symbolic of the temporary happiness and certain goodness is an example of that. Um, that is a result of the, the Buddha's merit, uh, the excellent qualities of the Buddha, uh, specifically uh, uh, the uh, um, um, enlightened activities of the exalted wisdom body. Um, and then it says, the childish do not repay their kindness. So childish here uh, is referring to in ordinary beings. Um, so the word child is used um, because uh, a child uh, needs to listen to his or her parents. Um, if he or she doesn't, uh, they'll get sick or could die. This is what you can eat. This is what you cannot eat. Uh, so the child uh, relies upon uh, his or her parents. In the same way, ordinary beings rely on the Buddha uh, for um, instruction on uh, this is what you do to achieve rebirth in the, the higher realms. This is the pathway to the higher realms. This is the pathway to uh, nirvana or liberation. This is the pathway to complete Buddhahood. Uh, so we as ordinary beings don't know. Um, so we are like a child. Uh, so this word child is used and it symbolizes ordinary being uh, and uh, uh, um, uh, normal beings or ordinary beings. As a note, ordinary beings is those who are, are not arias. Uh, so uh, when we use that word sus susuju, that means not an aria, certainly not an aria. Uh, so ordinary being here is referring to that. This word childish is referring to ordinary beings. Uh, and uh, the word child is used specifically because we are like a child, because we don't know any better and have to be guided. Um, so <clears throat> here, uh, when uh, it says, thus knowing that all temporary happiness and certain goodness that you experience symbolized by food are due to the kindness of the three jewels, you should make offerings with the intention of repaying their kindness. So in thinking of, of their kindness, 
and the relationship between our uh, um, temporary happiness and certain goodness, the things that we are enjoying, or the, the relationship between these, we should make offerings uh, of our uh, food and drink. Uh, so here it says constantly. So going back, strive to make <coughs> offerings or worship them constantly. Uh, um, so so it, all the time. So it's meaning constantly, meaning not sometimes, meaning always. Always offer the first part of your food and drink. Uh, so here, um, as a symbol of, of this kindness, uh, we are using this. So uh, as a wish to repay that, uh, we um, uh, are offering the first uh, food or first portion of our food or drink. So we do so uh, by um, saying the uh, syllables om, ah, hom three times and blessing the substance, whether it be our food or drink, uh, and then saying, I offer these to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha jewel. Uh, so this is what it means, uh, and do that always, all, every time. Uh, so this word constantly is obviously uh, means always, but it specifically is saying every time, all, all the time, every time. Uh, make, off, uh, um, strive to every time, always make this offering of the first part of your food and drink. Uh, so then uh, it goes on, it says with regard to offerings, um, so the, these offerings are offerings that are um, constantly made uh, every time, and it says regard to these, uh, there are two points. The actions of the offering, the actual actions, and then the attitudes. Uh, and then the first, so the actions are the actual actions of making the offering. Uh, and then the attitudes are the motivation one should have when one is making the offering. Uh, um, um, so the first uh, point, the actions of the offering, has ten uh, points that are made in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. So we find the actions of offering and the attitudes. The first of these include the following ten types. So it's on page 197 uh, in the English, uh, about midway down. We, we find the beginning of the first, you know, the ten offering, uh, the ten actions of offering. <laughs> Chuba 
Danica Kuchuro, Gola Chubane, Sanji Jukuzu, Mola Chuba, Rosa. Danica chosen a Chetella Chuba. Chetella Chubane, Sanji, Sanji Shetto, Chetan Sula Chuba, Rosa. Sanji Gumoto Vichetto, and Chetan Sula Chubasa. Chetan Sudan Zenda Munguita, Chetan Lago de Zuna. Chuba Chetin Sanjee Jimmy, so then uh, when we look at the offerings, it says there are uh, um, two categories. With regard to offerings, there are two categories. The actions of offering and the attitudes. So the first of these include the following ten types. So the first is offering to, uh, to the Buddha's body. means offering to the actual Buddha's embodiment as a form. So making a, an actual offering uh, to the Buddha's form. Uh, so this is a first type of action related to offering. Uh, the second, offerings to the stupas means offerings to stupas and the like for the sake of Buddhahood. Uh, here it says, for the sake of Buddha. 
Um, and I was, that's why I was asking Rinpoche, looking at the Tibetan and the English, uh, and for the sake of Buddha, is for the sake of, of have, you have a desire to become a Buddha. Um, so the, the, if once the, the Buddha uh, um, has passed uh, uh, into nirvana, uh, and then there one is, sees a, a, a stupa uh, and is making offerings to the uh, stupa, uh, then uh, this, in doing it for the sake of becoming a Buddha, then this is the second point. Um, uh, um, offerings to stupas, means making these offerings to stupas. Uh, and then uh, the third point, uh, offering to a perceived object, uh, means offering to the above-mentioned two as they are manifest uh, to your own sensory faculties. Uh, so this is one, uh, one is having a direct perception uh, uh, through one's sensory faculties. Uh, so this uh, um, perceived object, uh, then musum, musum, musum sema. That's sumbat dema, sumbat dema. Musum sema, musum chipa, musum. Then you rake ombala musum do chobala chobaos. Musum do chobaset, musum do chobaset. Kanej kanej lo sumbarisena, musum do chobane. Then you sena sanje jo kotan choden then you rake ombala. So then the, uh, it says here, it says, so when they don't become manifest to your own sensory, uh, when they become manifest to your own sensory faculties. So this is here uh, stating that when one directly perceives them, uh, uh, either of the two, so uh, the image of the Buddha's body, uh, um, or or the uh, the stupa itself. So if one is having a direct perception, I was just making sure that the word uh, uh, direct cognition, but it's not the word for direct valid cognition. So it's just direct cognition, but it's not say in the Tibetan it doesn't say direct valid cognition. So just a direct perception, but not a direct prime cognition, a direct valid cognition. So I'm just just making the words distinguished. Uh, so it, just perceiving them directly uh, and and through one's own sensory faculties. So this is the second point, and then the third the uh, the third point rather the fourth point offerings to a non-perceived object refers to offerings made to a Buddha or his stupas that are not actually present and made. Uh, for the sake of all Buddhas and stupas. Uh, so here, uh, this is when one's sensory faculties are not observing uh, or perceiving uh, these images. One is doing so without the um, um, medium of an actual image. Uh, so then this becomes offering to a non-perceived object, an object that one is not uh, cognizing. <laughs> Through one's sensory faculties. So the first offerings to the Buddha's body, second offerings to the stupas, third offerings to a perceived object, and fourth offerings to a, a, a non perceived object. So these are the first four. Chubba, <laughs> 
Ane sadece yengenin devi Jesus diyece do, şaşa doğru diyece do, ane sadece çöden alı kuzu da, kuzu da, çöden cila soba şeva, çöden mabuzi da, şeva ya, nasumayım çöbarız, nasumayım ซาจิตาอคาซาซาจิตาติมอสุมายิชบาโอซาซาจิญางาลิเตวิเจโซโรวาชาจตุบาตาบตุกุญางาลิเตวิชุติเนวิเจโซติชตุชาจตุบาติ
so then I um, it goes on to say uh, when you make offerings to either an unperceived Buddha or his unperceived stupas you also make offerings to both of the perceived object for the reality or emptiness of them is the reality of all of them so I was asking, uh, okay, uh, let me go through this first so I don't forget. Um, so when you make offerings to uh, uh, a perceived Buddha or a not perceived Buddha, uh, they are both the same nature. Uh, both, uh, they are the Buddha. So the perceived Buddha has the same nature as the unperceived Buddha. And likewise, the perceived stupa has the same nature as the unperceived stupa. They're both stupas, they're both Buddhas in this case. Um, so... Uh, because they have the same nature, uh, um, uh, um, it says uh, um, you, you are also making offerings to both of the perceived objects. It says when you make offerings to either an unperceived object or his uh, unperceived stupas, you are also making offerings to both of the perceived objects because they are the same nature. Uh, the Buddha's uh, perceived Buddha and the not perceived Buddha is the same nature and the perceived stupa and the not perceived stupa is the same nature. So you're simultaneously, when you're making uh, an offering to the unperceived, you're simultaneously making it to the perceived because of the same nature. Then I asked Rinpoche about this question of the emptiness of the one is the reality of them all. And then the consequence is that, it, then you could say then, uh, then there's no difference between the tenet systems. Um, because the lack of true establishment of the Great Exposition School and the lack of true establishment of the Satrantika School and the lack of true establishment of the Mind Only School and the lack of true establishment of the Middle Way School makes it so they're all the same nature, so there's no difference between them. Um, and then we, we would say that, uh, um, that there is a difference uh, between them. Um, and then 
you would say that the, the hearer's vehicle, the solitary realizer vehicle, the bodhisattva vehicle, uh, they're all not truly established, but we don't say that they are the same because they are all empty. We say that they are the lineage of the hero, the lineage of the solitary realizer, and the lineage of the bodhisattva, and these are different. Uh, so Rinpoche said, uh, perhaps uh, this is not, uh, this is an incorrect way uh, to, to look at it. Um, perhaps, he said, uh, perhaps an incorrect way uh, to look at it. Um, because if we say that it, uh, this is what makes them uh, the same, then it, there's a consequence to that when we start to apply it to other things. That it, because if it's empty, it's all the same, then there becomes a consequence to that. And, and so anyway, when you make offerings to either an unperceived Buddha or his unperceived stupas, you are also making offerings to both of the perceived object, for the reality or emptiness of one of them is the reality of all of them. Uh, so Rinpoche used the nature of them. is the same. They're, they're the same nature. Lesser. So when we read, we can read this in these two ways. So if you read it, uh, you are also making offerings to both of the perceived objects for the reality or emptiness of one of them is the reality of them all. So we could say uh, they are all uh, the unperceived uh, um, Buddha and the unperceived uh, stupa and the perceived Buddha and the perceived stupa are all not truly established because of dependent origination. So we could, we could uh, um, look at this and interpret it in that way. Um, but there is a problem with that. So it's better to interpret it in the way that we say that the un unperceived Buddha and the perceived Buddha are of the same nature. Uh, they are both Buddhas. The unperceived uh, um, stupa and the perceived stupa are of the same nature because they're both stupas. Um, by saying they're of the same nature because they are not truly established, because they dependently originate, uh, then causes a trouble. And it's better to say because they are the same nature, and the same nature meaning because they're the same. An unperceived Buddha and the perceived Buddha are both a Buddha. Two chena. Shoot 
Tan so then it says, uh, Rinpoche said, this section gets to be a little bit difficult, so we're going to go through it slowly. Uh, it says, it is standard to make offerings both to perceived and non-perceived objects. Uh, with the thought, I make offerings to all the Buddhas of the three times and to the stupas of the ten directions of limitless universe. It is said to, uh, that making offerings to a perceived object produces a vast store of merit and making offerings to an unperceived object a greater store. Making offerings to all the Buddhas and stupas produces a store far more vast than that. Um, uh, so uh, here uh, it's saying that uh, when one is making an offering, uh, it is standard to make offerings both to perceived and non-perceived objects. So if one is making an offering to a perceived object, uh, then, then one would think, I make offerings to all the Buddhas of the three times and to the stupas of the ten directions of, this, of the limitless universe. So the Buddhas of the three times. So all the Buddhas of the past, all the Buddhas of the present, all the Buddhas of the future, and all the stupas uh, in the ten different directions uh, um, uh, of, the lim of the whole entire universe, or the ca countless or immeasurable universe. Uh, so all... Um, so when one is making, it says it is making offerings to a perceived object pr produces a vast store of merit. Uh, so one is getting a, a, a vast, um, a great amount of merit by making an offering to a perceived object and making offerings to an unperceived object a greater store. Making offerings to all the Buddhas and, and stupas produces a, a store far more vast than that. So when one is making an offering um, uh, to, uh, to a perceived object, for instance. One is imagining that he or she is making offerings to uh, unperceived objects simultaneously uh, because when one is, when does so, uh, it increases the merit. There's a great amount of merit of, of, of making offerings to a perceived object, uh, a, a greater short store of merit uh, to making it uh, offerings to an unperceived object, uh, and then uh, it says, uh, and, uh, but making offerings to all the Buddhas and stupas produces a far more vast than that. So object or objects. Uh, so here uh, we find um, uh, uh, um, singular words, uh, making offerings to a perceived object or an unperceived object and then making offerings to multiple objects. Uh, so that when we make offerings to all the Buddhas and stupas, it creates the greatest amount of merit. So uh, this is how one would, could simultaneously make offerings to a perceived object, perceiving an object, and then simultaneously uh, uh, making offerings to the unperceived object of all of the Buddhas uh, and all of the stupas uh, um, 
uh, at the same time. Uh, so this, this uh, uh, way of making an offering to all creates the greatest amount of, of merit. Tambo. the the Ngundu Majurpa, the Nipa, the Sunan Chewa, then Nika Nika Yemba Sunan Ja Chewa, Che Show. That Nika Yemba that is Roda, Less so. 
so it says it it is said that making offerings to perceived objects pr- produces a vast store of merit and making offerings to an unperceived object a greater store making offerings to the, all the Buddhas and, and stupas produces a far more vast uh, store uh, than that um, so here the first Rinpoche said the smallest uh, amount of virtue deals with uh, uh, making offerings to the uh, uh, stupas uh, or uh, um, uh, um, Buddhas or stupas uh, so the offerings to the Buddha's body or the Buddha's stupas, uh, any among the perceived objects. Uh, the next, referring to the unperceived objects, uh, um, so making offerings to the unperceived objects as mentioned uh, here uh, in point four, and then uh, making uh, uh, an offering of to all the Buddhas uh, and all the stupas produces the greatest amount. Um, so unperceived, perceived object, unperceived object, and then uh, um, all of the objects. Uh, so uh, the, um, the singular of. Uh, so so this is the the meaning of this section. If I I missed anything, I apologize, but I don't think I did. I think I have it. Decent. So so. First, Chetinchevanidiumduane. Mazotujibachiba, Chetan <laughs> 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 
Okay. Okay. Uh, so when we look at the, um, I, I'm just having, I'm having trouble with this clarification of a subtle point. I'll explain it right now. Uh, so here, when we find these these points that are made, uh, and we find this quote, says that uh, um, it is said that making offerings to a perceived object produces a vast store of merit, and making offerings to an unperceived merit perceived object a greater store, uh, making offerings to all the Buddhas uh, and supers produces a, a store far more vast than that. I'll have to go back to the Tibetan 
another time uh, and look through it. Um, but Rinpoche is saying that uh, the first level of uh, store of merit, the smallest store of merit, is gained from making offerings to the Buddha's body uh, and offerings to the stupas. Uh, and Rinpoche said at this point, there isn't an explanation or a talk about perceived object or an unperceived object. Uh, so at this point, these offerings, are these first two make up the point which is the smallest level of virtue. The next uh, point, offerings to perceived object and offerings to a non-perceived object. Uh, here, uh, there are four points. There are offerings to a perceived object that is a Buddha or a stupa, and offerings to an unperceived object that is a Buddha or a stupa. Um, so these perceived and unperceived objects, which there are four of when we look categorically, would fall, making offerings to the them, would fall categorically under the medium level of merit. Uh, and then the greatest level of merit, making offerings to all unperceived and perceived objects, which are the Buddhas of the three times and all the stupas uh, in the universe. Uh, so my question was, uh, there is an, a perceived, the perceived, uh, the first Buddha uh, making offerings to the body, there's, that's a perceived object, so why is there a difference? And I, Rinpoche said, because it hasn't been, the unperceived and perceived object points haven't been made yet, so categorically they fall into the commentary in that way. Um, so if, if it's not clear, I'll look further into the Tibetan and the English that's translated, because it, it seems a little bit slightly different. But the commentary Rinpoche is giving, I'm clear, clear that he's saying that the first two go into the small category, the next two, which are four, go into the uh, um, medium category, and then making offerings of a, a union of them uh, go into the great category, which is making offerings to, to all the Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, etc. Um, and just as a quick point, just to end here, I looked up this quote from the Exhortation to Wholehearted Resolved, and we were going through this line about that such arrogance is the root of all unruliness. Um, the translations I found, this word arrogance, uh, haughtiness, is usually used for this word. Uh, it doesn't fall under the category. It's not the same as pride. It's a secondary affliction. There are six root afflictions and 20 secondary afflictions. Haughtiness falls under the, the secondary category. Uh, and just as a note, we were trying to distinguish pride necessarily has the view of the transitory collection uh, as, as being the I and establishing the I uh, and becoming prideful because one is puffed up about the qualities that the I possesses. And then the, the haughtiness is the uh, um, um, development of a joy when one thinks about uh, the, the excellent qualities of one's appearance and so forth. But there isn't this same emphasis on the view of the transitory collection. Uh, so this is what I found out in researching these. I promised that I would. And this the root of unruliness um, uh, unconscientiousness is another way to translate it. So haughtiness is the root of not being conscientious. Uh, so I said I would look these words up, and, and, and I did, uh, and those are the meanings. And uh, we're done. Uh, we are at the end, so we'll do the concluding model offering and dedication prayer. Two chanterim cheshita sopa. Nama de nyomon de chapa nge de sopa lama son nge sopa laso. Okay. So we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, 
I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensa Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Two Jilam Jiguzi Shapi Denrolan. Two Jilam Chemokan Trilan. Okay.